Hey everybody, welcome back to Prior One Podcast. As always, I'm Caleb. Pause for dramatic effect. I'm Hoyt. I'm Andrew. And we have <laughs> a fun episode to get to. We kind of outlined it a little Woo-hoo! bit last time when we fun. talked all about Asbury, which we didn't mean to do, but we did. Um, Yo, I wish so bad we could have kept the title of the episode that I came up with. <laughs> we're not talking about that. Yeah, we are. So, we, we, did you we, save it? We will talk about this. That's what the episode is saved as. I'm pretty sure. That's so funny. So, listen to this title, everyone. Hold on. Um, properties. So, oh, I still can't. I can't read all of it. There. Hold on. Um, how am I supposed to read the entire title name? Let's utilize. <laughs> Andrew's using. What may equate to four screens. Oh, nope, it's only one. <laughs> the Hoyt Hendrick Spectacular. Andrew and Caleb could not figure out a name for this episode, so we are naming it this. Furthermore, I still have diabetes. And that was the na- that was the title of the episode last week until I renamed it when I uploaded it. Yeah. Good if times. you go back and listen to last week's episode, you hear our discussion about what to name the episode. Pause. We're wait. I don't Welcome back. back. I don't think that discussion was in there. Okay. Was it not? I don't I think, think so. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, we had a discussion. We had a discussion, and you can listen on the Patreon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we'll start one day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pay um, us large sums of money. We reference the money. Patreon a lot, but we don't actually have a Patreon. It's just kind of a running joke. Ha ha. Ha ha. We did it funny. <laughs> that that bit may end up on a t-shirt. By the way, we're probably going to like start selling... Um, T-shirts and sweatshirts and stuff, crew necks and whatever. Uh, All to fun Caleb's Chick-fil-A addiction. <laughs> I was talking to Lauren about it. And like in between sets for the day now we played last weekend, uh, we were talking about it. And it'd be a really cool thing to do. Because um, like this isn't going to last forever, sadly. Uh, but what well, Andrew's raising his hand. Do I get a free T-shirt? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. But like we we don't want to try to make any money off of it or anything. So like what we would do is we just like make an Andrew, order form. Andrew, yes, you do. Yes, <laughs> we just make an order form, or whatever. I guess this episode is getting released on time. Try to. <laughs> 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 um, we want to charge you for like what it would actually cost us, and not like we don't want to make any money off of it or anything. Mm-hmm. So Caleb, um, have you heard that they're hiking up the prices of T-shirts and that they now cost like fifty bucks a piece? That's just crazy, isn't it? It's That's black. Wild. Let yeah. me tell you, man. Yeah, never thought I'd live to see the day. The price of synthetic polyester, man, Whew. just skyrocketing. The funny thing is, is they predict it will be back down like the next time anyone else goes to buy a T-shirt. But for us, <laughs> like, man, it's crazy. For the time frame that we're going to be purchasing and ordering these T-shirts, it's going to be exponentially. It's high. crazy how it worked out like that. It honestly, you know, I prayed about it, but God's plan. And <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Anyway, welcome back to this episode of Ramble On. <laughs> yeah, no, um, but that's something we're thinking about doing. So uh, we've kind of talked about a couple different ideas. Like Trevor's fan club is going to be one of the t-shirt ideas. Uh, we talked about doing like it's on the this Patreon. tastes like the back of a cow's throat. Well, so Mouth. what we thought about Mouth. doing was. Uh, getting a conglomeration of timestamps, like iconic timestamps from throughout the podcast. Like so the that is episode 16, uh, 
one hour and four minutes. Exactly. Okay. So if you have a Hold favorite on. moment in the show, DM us on Instagram, the timestamp for that episode. And it might make us way onto the back of a t-shirt and with no context at all. It's just probably one podcast at the top, then a series of timestamps working its way down like the episode number and the subsequent timestamp to go with it. Uh, and it's a fun little inside joke. So yeah, like the Patreon and like Trevor's fan club. Trevor, who has appeared on probably like seven episodes. Get a little bit of deja vu here. Fast forwarding to 104. Me and I know that about Starbucks. Um, All I've gotten from Starbucks is whatever like hot chocolate. I can't explain this, and it was Starbucks coffee. Tastes like the back of a cow's mouth. (laughs) (laughs) What the crap? And there you go. Yeah. So a little uh, reference for you. Yeah, we uh, we're looking forward to that. I don't know if that'll happen anytime soon, or if it'll ever actually happen, but it would be cool. And we've talked about it, so. Yeah. It'll happen, all right. Yeah. Um, Hoyt. Yes, sir. Who is our resident heretic for today? Drum roll, please. 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 God said live. It's Stephen Furtick. Yeah. Now I was going to do something fun there, but it just didn't. It didn't roll off the tongue the way I wanted it to. My tongue didn't roll for a hot minute there. But so. It did. It died actually in the middle of that. That time just fell off. Said, my face. <laughs> it idled. Anyway. <laughs> wow. I know he had emers in here. Had yeah, what? Lemurs. I said I tried to say <laughs> emu and lemur. <laughs> I know he had emers in here. They know we had lemurs in here. I know we haven't gotten on topic yet, but complete change of topics. <laughs> when we were at East Central. Uh, whenever we would all like go hammock together, we wouldn't say, "Hey, let's go hammock." Nope. We would say, "Let's go ride our emus." Yep, because we all had Eno hammocks. Yeah, like we were riding emus. Shout out Eno, who, by the way, is today's sponsor. Is our is today's sponsor, guys? If you ever have been to a beautiful scenic lake, and two trees happen to be a substantial uh, distance. Apart from each other, so anywhere like, man, from like seven feet, seven to fourteen feet. If you have the, if you have, you have the, the Eno seven, straps, yeah, if you, you have, have the any, good strap, if you have the right? Eno Atlas straps. I mean, come on, on. you can do, and, you can do that thirty little, foot in that little red bag. You can do thirty mm. foot at that rate. Mm. You know, come on. By the way, they, they didn't tell us to say this, but I, I, I like a silly goose lost the bag that held that holds my Eno straps. But so you just got bag, a freelance Eno now. Well. No, like I, I, I saw the straps. I just lost the bag one day. Yeah, but the oh, you're responsible. But the red bag that I would not marry you holds the hammock when you fold it up is so stretchy and awesome that I can fit my straps in there too. Wow! See, so you just put the bag for the straps in that little bag when your hammock's out. Well, it wasn't me that actually lost. It was Bree Croft. Shout out! I left my Eno with her, and she uh, left the Eno strap bag. But anyway, well. thanks for sponsoring this episode, Eno. If you see a hammock on someone's back porch of an apartment, it's probably an Eno. Honestly, yeah. Eno. Uh, the number one sleep station for granola gar- girls everywhere. And camp counselors. And camp, who, yeah. Same thing. But. <laughs> who, who are stationary camp counselors? We traveling camp counselors mm. rarely see a tree. You So you never had like, I man, that sucks. You never had like your hammock spot, did you? Mm. I haven't experienced that part of camp. Man. That, so at Judson, there was a couple of live oaks. Now, like, did I have man. my mm. my my weekly 
seat on the Penske? Yeah. You bet I did. Heck yeah. You bet I did. Did I have my weekly strapping in of the seatbelt on the Penske? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did I have my weekly connect to the Bluetooth, play some tunage on our speaker? 100%. Did I have my weekly treat from a Love's gas station? That betrayed you? That would betray me one day? Yes. I'm, I'm, guys, I'm steamed now. Never the same. I'm steamed. It's never the same. Now, anyway, you can you can get your Eno online at Eno.com mm-hmm. or from a variety of retailers. You can get single nest or double nest. If you're a, if you're a cuddly fella, you can get your double nest. Find your special someone or your you best a, friend. If you got a wife, yeah. don't be or doing that with a girlfriend. Yeah. But if you got a wife, or if you just like to fold yourself up like a cocoon, get a double nest. I have both. They're great. I love and if them. you want to be really cuddly, put two people in a single nest. I thought that would be yeah. Yeah, it works. Yeah. It's just really uncomfortable. I don't know for legal reasons that we can say that, but <laughs> yeah, because they didn't tell us to say that. But. Use promo code. Hoyt still doesn't have a pancreas to get ha- to get one hundred percent off because my pancreas one hundred percent does not work. <laughs> And, and oh, the seal's back. Welcome back to the Priority One Zoo. Our resident seal. <laughs> if any of y'all of our loyal listeners feel like sending us a beach ball one week, that'd be like the best thing we've ever got. Our resident seal would really like one. It would make his... It would make his day. It would make his it would, yeah. It'd make his like week. Yeah, probably maybe his year. I don't know because <laughs> we only feed him once a week. So <laughs> anyway, Ooh, he sort of lost of blubber for the winter. <laughs> it's bubble season. Pro- it's promo code priority one. It may or may not work. Probably not. We can't guarantee. It, None man. of these ads are actually real. But one this of the, isn't real. One of these what is days, life? it's gonna work, and we're gonna take credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to start an actual Priority One podcast one day. Well, we are the it? actual Priority One this podcast. Is no, 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 pause, pause. I'm this saying like in the future, like when our cat kids have taken over podcasting, right? I'm like, hmm, I don't see any Priority Ones on here. What? So you're just assuming it's going to get deleted after so many years? No, it's just going to be a... When they Google Priority One, thing. they're going to read about the amazing Priority One podcast and their six million Swedish listeners. I'm not gonna lie, sorry, European listeners, I've forgotten all about you. Wow. Wow. Anyway, back to the episode. So back Kelly, to, what's on what's on back to Steve? Tell Furtick. us all about today's resident heretic. Stephen Furtick. Oh yeah, I forgot I even mentioned it. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> if you are any now work for the rest of our sponsors. They don't exist. I'm sorry. Damn. My shoulder hurts now. Okay. I was I was sitting in a position of like draw me like one of your French girls, Leo nah. type thing. Stephen Furtick. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about him, guys. He is the pastor of Elevation Church in North Carolina. The church that he kind of he, he kind of built from the ground up. He did. He did. Yeah. Fun fact, I don't think he actually started preaching at the church. I think he, he began was he just doing worship? worship. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I want to say, yeah, yeah, he just started doing worship, and I think his wife sang with him too. I don't know his wife sang. I don't know. There's a. I'm sure she sounds great. I just have never heard her sing before. Yeah. 
I think Andrew that's just mold, found some Andrew. kind of Don't white. Order my chocolate. It's just penicillin. It's fine. And he, wow. I'm sorry, y'all. Sure. And you just called him Trevor. No, I didn't. What are you talking about? Did. Or did you I? Did. You did. I did. You did. Boy, you did. The words came out of your mouth, my guy. Corker Smith named me. Wow. Anyway, Pastor of Elevation started leading worship there um, when it started. And this church really just blew up yeah. um, over the years. And uh, he got his degree from North Greenville University in South Carolina, went on and got his master's. And does he have a doctorate from Southeastern? No, no just got his it's master's. Not, it's Southern, not Southeastern. Yeah, it is. It's Southern. Like I said, Southern. For those of you that don't know, Southern Seminary is in uh, Kentucky, Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky, and Southeastern is in Wake, Wake Forest, North Carolina. Where I will be attending, hopefully, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? But over the years, this man has gotten substantially more and more um, prevalent, maybe? Prevalent, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to think of like the term I want to use without just like straight up saying he's not a good person to listen to like over like you could he's you could shadier and shadier shadier he's that's a good from teaching the true word yeah so you, you could honestly argue years ago when it wasn't as big as it was that he was probably not teaching terribly no he terrible was doctrine. Like old school stephen Ferdinand, but like also i mean like early 2010s yeah, yeah maybe before that yeah um, oh my gosh before he got on, before he started taking steroids. Yeah, he's. There's no, no way there's that man's not there's, on he's, steroids. He's he's not natty. Like if you see an old picture of Stephen Furtick, he looks like he's like 16. He's small when he's like 30, and now he's he's probably pushing 50 ish now. He's, he's mid early mid 40s, mid 40s, yeah. And the man's like 44, when, when your head grows right, <laughs> when it literally amplifies, there's. You know, you're like, okay. look at that, look at that nerd, that absolute geek of a man. It looks like maybe he's just put on weight. You know, I mean, he used to bleach I, his hair I too. Don't know, he's pretty scrawny, my guy. <laughs> he looks like he could sing for Green Day. Uh, that's kind of point. Do you have the time to listen to me whine? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. Okay. Anyway, back anyway, back to the hey, point. So that's when I was watching him. Yeah, that was, that was about that era. So, but yeah, so long, long time ago, you could probably argue the point that he was probably teaching some pretty good doctrine, um, probably staying pretty biblical. But over the years, he's gotten shadier and shadier. And I want to show y'all this uh, this clip here, and that really shows the heart of where we think he goes wrong. All right, so just listen for a moment. In Romans, that what the law was powerless to do. In that it was weakened by the sinful nature. What does that mean? The law wasn't enough leverage to change a human heart. Because try as we might. Okay, I don't know if y'all heard it, but don't y'all love the people in the background just going, wow. Mm. Mm, good word. Mm. Wow. Mm. Now, I, and I, I like that. That's appreciative in like I'm some sure circumstances. All of you do that when you're listening to our podcast, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, mm, good word. Talking about what's pancreas. Anyway. <laughs> but like, I listen to like a Matt Chandler sermon, and he's got some people who be like, "Yes, good." I mean, like in a sanctuary that holds eight thousand people, it's gonna happen. That's fine, you know. Yeah, but there's there's some times where you you're listening, especially when I was listening, and 
and they would just like say like the title of their sermon mm-hmm. and it's like this little one-liner catchphrase like a power ranger villain would say you know or whatever yeah and they're just like mm, good good yeah and you're just like what good he hasn't done anything yet <laughs> good anakin good <laughs> anyway good. continue we could not keep the law and what will really turn your heart to god is not when you hear his laws which were given for our good by the way okay so so far so good nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that the law was not enough to penetrate a human heart the law was given for our good though because without it we would not have a i mean Paul, Paul says over yeah. and over again, the law is powerless to save in Romans. Yeah, that's what he's saying uh, when, when it didn't have enough leverage to change that. a yeah. human heart. Yeah. But they were powerless because there wasn't enough leverage in our action to keep the law. So what God did when he sent his son, and this is why we get excited in church, and this is why tears fill our eyes when we think about Jesus, and this is why the gospel is still good news in the world today, because God broke the law for love. <laughs> that's gonna be I'm funny on. to hear on the playback but so god broke the law for love what what does he mean by that Caleb? well so what he's getting at is okay so there's the doctrine that did god kill jesus yes um at his face you'd say caleb that sounds like murder but you have to take into consideration, you know, God is, uh, God, God and Jesus are one. Mm-hmm. You know, the Trinity is a very real thing. God, uh, and Jesus are one in purpose, one in will, and cannot act independently of each other outside of their unified will. So, Jesus laying down his life is not, that does not make God a murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Jesus laying down his life does not all of a sudden make God this uh, crazy person, like offering up a human sacrifice kind of thing. Yeah. Like Jesus is willing. God himself is willingly laying down his life so that we can have life in him. Mm-hmm. But what he's doing there is he is making us out to be something so valuable that God who has this perfect law that perfectly reflects his character God would defy his character because he loves us so much because we're so valuable. And so let's go back. So I, I remember actually watching this majority of this uh, sermon and he sets it up with this analogy. And the analogy is like, say there's a kid playing on a playground. He's mm-hmm. going over the monkey bars. He's doing the monkey bar thing. You know, I'm going I'm to illustrate for y'all. Uh, the people on the video podcast that won't be out until later won't see this, but Caleb, give a play by play. All right, Hoyt is going monkey bar to monkey bar, left arm, right arm, left arm, right arm, left arm, right arm. I know y'all can't see this, but this is a really good monkey bar impression. He's doing a phenomenal job. Left arm, right? He's such an athlete. Oh, oh no, he's fallen. So he's fallen off. Kids hurt himself, right? I'm falling. Oh, my God, get up. So, like, he's not he an got elderly a person. He's just like, oh, wah, I fell. Hurt myself. Yeah, not, not that super. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and so he's hurt himself. Teacher calls parents, parents get in the car, hurrying over to the thing. And like kids probably broken <laughs> uh, a bone and they're rushing to the hospital and they're ignoring all traffic signs, speed limits, stop signs, 
red lights, everything to get the kid to the hospital, to rescue the kid, to save him from his injury. And he's equating that with like how God saves us. Like God breaks the law because he loves us so much to save us. Mm-hmm. Right. Now I see what he's saying. He's he's going past the law and not well, yeah, okay, but let's just set this up. He's going past the law to save us. That's not scriptural and that's not biblical. God came, Jesus came, fulfilled the law and prophets because we cannot, if we repent in our sin of our sins, put our faith and trust in him, believe in him, we have eternal life. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not a thing like Oh man, I've messed everything up here and everyone's so sinful now. I have to just do away with everything I've done in the past to reconcile these people back to me. That's wrong. Objectively, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. So and at the heart of it though, it's like he he blows his analogy up way past scripture and ignores scripture and puts his own word above God's. Which yeah. at the heart of it is extremely heretical. Yeah. And um God breaking the law makes Jesus sinful if he broke the law, makes him a sinner. Yeah. And so is no good. I've heard the saying before, and I think it's a really funny one. Um, every analogy leads to loss of salvation. Uh, Cause like <laughs> ultimately like when you get like outside of the parables that Jesus told or whatever, like, yeah, Jesus could create perfect analogies because he's God, mm-hmm. but we cannot create the perfect analogies for theology, for of doctrines or anything um so you could find little faults with every analogy to oh, a degree yeah. but that being said there are some analogies that are subjectively bad yeah and objectively and this is one wrong. of them and this is one of them it's like what it and i were talking about um one of the big pro andrew is doing something with stephen first eye right now you, what are you doing andrew my gosh okay he said just wait so continue <coughs> excuse me so what what Stephen Furtick is doing here, and we talked about this before the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, he does this a lot with a lot of his stuff uh, regarding a lot of the analogies that he gives, and this is a great just illustration of that. Is what his analogies do is they move the focal point from. I know what you're about to say, and I have a good example of one after. Yeah, they they move the focal point from Christ to us. So in reality, like did Jesus Christ die on the cross so that you could um, spend eternity with him? So you could have that opportunity. Yes. Uh, Does Jesus love, did Jesus love you enough to die on the cross for your sins? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Does God choose to save you? If you, if you, if you confess faith in Christ and you believe in him, does God choose to save you? Yes. But at the same time, primarily, Let's go back to every single one of those. Primarily, Christ died on the cross to honor and glorify God. Mm-hmm. Primarily, the reason that God saves you is so that he can be glorified. The focal point of our salvation, the focal, focal, focal point, <laughs> focal, focal point. point of our faith is not to emphasize um, so much. Like, y- yes, it is an honorable and good thing to emphasize God's love for us, but not at the sake, uh, not, not to forsake god's glorification of himself Mm -hmm. Uh, that's the reason that god saves us is so ultimately he can be glorified yeah and when you say something like god broke the law for love you're overemphasizing god's love for you and yourself and which is great and awesome but 
underemphasizing uh, God's goodness and God's unchanging character and the fact that God uh, is absolutely resolute in all of that. God's not going to, God never once broke the law. Like Mm-mm. the law that he gave in the Old Testament is a perfect reflection of his character. So he could never break that. Yeah. Like there are things that God can't do. Like God it's can't quite lie. Literally God, perfect to a T. Right. God can't lie. God can't change his character. There are things that God can't do. Mm-hmm. So to take something like that and emphasize myself is a massive shift of the goalposts and it steals God's glory. Mm-hmm. Is what it does. There's a uh we've talked about it hundreds of times on and this we, podcast. We've talked about Stephen po- Stephen Stephen podcast. Stephen Furtick <laughs> on this podcast before. The strokes are abundant today, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about them a lot on the show before, and you used to like. I remember. I'm never. I'm <laughs> when it, when we talk about these kind of guys and like guys Bible study at East Central, like you were a big <laughs> Stephen Furtick. I was fan. a Furticker man. He was uh, on the Furtick train big time. I was quoting that and Dope Dynasty left and right. Yeehaw. <laughs> but so what we, was that example that you were going to bring up? Well, yeah, before that though, but like we we've also talked about this a lot on the podcast. Is there is a excellent Matt Chandler sermon where he talks about exactly what you just talked about? Exactly, where like God's God is for you, but He is for His own glory before He is for you. Mm-hmm. Like God didn't save you. You could like literally verbatim from the sermon. Like God didn't save you so you could him you and him could be boys. You know, like <laughs> he he almost he pretty much saved you in spite of you, which I think is just awesome. But uh, this mimic this mimic. Oh, contagious. This clip is a little bit long, but just stick with us for a minute. But uh, Andrew, tell me if this is too loud. Jacob, his name, his name means supplanter, but his new name, Israel, is almost just as bad. It means struggles with God. So he's trying to get him to see you've never been fighting with Laban. You've never been fighting with Israel. The, the applause and approval just gets okay, hold on. I've got to say something about uh, the whole struggles with God thing. It mean, okay, primarily, it, it translates better to wrestles with God, and it's to emphasize the fact that Jacob didn't just yield right away to any kind of turmoil that came his way. Um, it's, it's considered a, a good thing to wrestle with God because that means that, oh, my Lanta – no, Andrew. Andrew, no shot. Andrew, what? This is scary. Andrew, Andrew I'm gonna have nightmares. There Andrew, is a singular eyeball on. So Andrew has three monitors on his desk. On the left is a left eyeball of Stephen Furtick, or well, the right eyeball because like he's staring at us. His left eyeball, his nostrils, and his right eyeball. I am not okay with this. Stephen Furtick is staring into the depths of our soul on this podcast. And then on and the TV that we're looking at, it's just the picture of him just standing normally like a normal like a human. Yeah. What's even funnier is that's part of the screenshot. So that's the background. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> what has this podcast evolved into? What were we even talking about? You're talking about this, uh, Jacob not guilty. Right. Um, yeah. It's considered what? like. I, this, oh my gosh. I need you to like undo that. Henceforth and immediately, put put um Joyce Meyer back on there. <laughs> okay, okay. No, go find an evil picture of Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> Those are easy to find. 
just type in Kenneth Copeland, and the first thing that pop up will be him pointing his finger at that girl interviewing him. Oh my gosh, that's you can do eye, nostril, eye, pointy finger. <laughs> no. We'll do this after the episode. Oh no no no! Okay. Find that picture of Carl Lentz. Keep going about Jacob. No, find that picture of Carl Lentz with Justin Bieber out in public. That's a funny one. It's a good thing to wrestle with God about stuff because God does. always wins. Yeah, and you learn from it. I wrestled with God a couple times. God always wins. You know, at a certain point, I'm just like at a certain point in time, it's just like you know, like God's gonna win. I'm just gonna give up anyway. So. But yeah, it's like a fifth grader trying to guard Steph Curry. It, you know, yeah, and even that's not even good not, enough to right. You know, because there's like six feet tall fifth graders. Anyway, um, I, I don't like that characterization of his name change being a going from bad to bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, continuing with the clip. Esau, the fight that you have to win for your life has not been with them. It's always been in you. Because. Okay, just pause for a minute and cut to a guy like giving a confused look into a camera. If you believe it's in you, there's nothing anybody can put on you that can cancel what I put in you. Before you were born, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. You are babbling incoherently, sir. You have no idea what you're talking about. You're misrepresenting the scriptures. Stop it. Repent. Believe. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. It's always. That was James White. Shout out James White. Been in you. It's always been in you. That teaching gift has always been in you. You just had to get past what you would put on yourself. The idea that I'm not a preacher. I'm just. Okay. Granted, I haven't watched the sermon. So I think what he's. Uh, uh, like getting at is like there's always been like it's messed up theology like the spirit's always been in you like there's right. some sort of spirit within you, you God's know, that anointing you has always been yeah in you yeah. little girl I don't have anything to say that was always in you it was in you when you were sitting at Life Action Revival listening to Steve Canfield six nights a week and God was filling you with his word it just took the right rain to bring the seed out of the soil for what God put in you when you were just a little girl it's always been in you okay. and there's nobody that can leave my life that can keep God from keeping his covenant with me. I'm not in covenant with a person. I'm not in covenant with a political party. I'm in covenant with God Almighty. I am God Almighty. What's wrong with you? Get that off you. That's not your name. That's not your station. Yeah, then he just gets hyped up and he says, it's always been to me. He starts pounding his chest. Take it away, Caleb. Okay. If you don't see the problem with Stephen Furry going, I'm in covenant with God Almighty. I am God Almighty. Like, come on. Wow. That hurted my ears. Okay, but I'm sorry. Um, if you don't see the problem with that, in case you're wondering, my voice is raspy all of a sudden. Make sure that I did the screamy. Hey, just definitely got to got. Caleb's definitely not going to be able to sing at church tomorrow. Yeah, I have to lead worship. I'll be fine. Because um, it's always been in me. It's always God been is in, in covenant you. with me. <laughs> So, uh, okay. you know the joke. We keep here. it funny here on the Priority One podcast. 
But in reality, like, who is he talking about? Is he talking about the goodness and faithfulness of Christ, or is he talking about his status and his, um, uh, like what, what God has called him to do and how God, what, what he's getting at is that God is going to bless whatever he's doing, basically. Like, God has called you to be a prophet to whomever, uh, and God is going to bless whatever you do because God has. Uh, anointed you and that anointing has always been in you and there's nothing that can change your that success of of that anointing it's like not everybody is called to do this big awesome massive thing i would say the majority of christians are called to live humble lifestyles that honor and glorify god like paul mm-hmm. says in first corinthians uh live humbly so that others can i'm not gonna misquote it we um no so my d group with perry we recently been through first and second timothy and one other book i can't remember but multiple times it says to live quietly and pretty much mind your own business right yeah and um so like mother Teresa, she has a ministry of like uh praying for and helping out people with leprosy mm-hmm. right um and someone asked her, like, how do you know God called you to go do this ministry, right? And she was like, well, I didn't. I woke up, and there are people around me with leprosy, and I just thought mm-hmm. I should help them. You know, it's not like God's going to call you to some grandiose thing like you're talking about. It's waking up and, like, see the need around you. Right. Well, I, I, no, I'm, I'm not going to compare I, myself to Mother Teresa. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> leading worship is not my first Is she life. a Baptist? I have no idea. Probably uh, not. I don't know. I think she's Muslim, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Gosh, what the crap? I don't know. I've just always heard Mother Teresa. I don't know what, like, she is. Is she a nun? Is she a... Oh, my gosh. Is she a, is she a Catholic? I would imagine she's probably a Catholic. Anyway, leading worship is not my first love. But like, it was something that I saw that I could do, so I started doing it. Because it's an avenue of... It's an avenue... For me to serve God and there's a, a way for me to serve God. All right. So I just up and did it. And here I am now. I am leading worship at a church in Louisville and I, I, it's a big part of my life now. Mm-hmm. Um, so to say that like, that that's the way that God has gifted me. For me to say that it's always been in me to do that and to Say that there's nothing that's ever gonna. Uh, so there's no one that's gonna come into my life. There's no like outside force or anything that could ever mess with that at all. One, this is not objectively true. Mm-hmm. But two, I don't know. It, it it just feels so bad because if to me it feels like all of a sudden I'm trying to glorify the gift above the giver. Mm. So if you've ever, if you've ever been in the room when I'm leading worship, you know, like I am nothing special. Like I am nowhere near best guitar player. I have nowhere near the best voice. Like there's nothing special about me at all. Um, so to the, the, the focal point of all of that is the, it is us. It is the man. It is mm-hmm. not, the focus is not God with everything that Stephen Furtick is presenting there. Yeah. So, long story short, if you want to glorify yourself, and I don't hope you do because we've met crummy gods, 
Go listen to Stephen Furtick. If you want to. But if I know what scripture says, and the uh, chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, mm-hmm. don't. It is the official recommendation of the Priority One of Priority One Ministries that you do not listen to Stephen Furtick. And Furtick's. if you do listen to him currently and feel like you're getting some something out of him, stop it. He, well, heed our words. Because as someone who used to listen to him, I on see the regular. on the regular. I see how much it damaged me spiritually, and it did because it made me focus way more on myself and did not make me focus. I think the best way to describe it is that it literally it stunted your growth. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And now, granted, did it? Did me being around that produce? A personality in me that was well okay so there okay Romans 8 28 God works all things together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose and who love him mm-hmm. um, Genesis 50 20 what you meant for evil God worked for good whether Just, in pretense or in truth God is glorified exactly uh, F- Philippians 1 um Nevertheless, if God's proclaimed, I'll I'll rejoice. That's what I was referencing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, but but here's part of the problem for me with Stephen Furtick mm-hmm. is he went to North Greenville and he went to Southern Seminary, the the most reformed of the six Southern Baptist seminaries. Okay, Stephen Furtick knows what Scripture says. Yeah. So. To me, like he's not just wrong; he's de- intentionally deceptive. Yeah, with a lot of this stuff. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at someone like Matt Chandler, who um is the same age, has had a lot of like aside from brain cancer, <laughs> has had a lot of similar like, kind of life experiences and stuff. You know, it, growing up in the same era, Matt Chandler gets it right. Stephen Furtick does not yeah and like i've said this with top with respect to todd white and bill johnson and other big name heretics out there it's like i've heard them give very clear and concise gospel presentations very good ones Mm -hmm. so they know the truth but they just choose to present a a version of it that glorifies themselves more than anything else yeah yeah and so like to my point though like did listening to those guys stunt my growth spiritually? I would say yes, in the sense of like biblical knowledge. Well, I was, I, what I was getting at was like, there's a lot of stuff that you had to unlearn. Oh yeah, along the way. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But I unlearned it swiftly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but long story short, Stephen Furtick, no, no. And if you listen to him, tread lightly. Heed our words. Heed God's words above ours, because we're just giving our you know, whatever. Yeah. But Stephen Frederick, yeah. no. All right. Okay, what's on the... So we're going to talk about a quote-unquote Christian blogging website called beliefnet.com. Mm. Um, it feels weird to have net and .com in the same thing. But It's a little bit different. So beliefnet is a, it's a Christian blogging website with about a billion ads. And... The majority of their 
Did you get an ad for Guitar Tab Pro? No, this is the <laughs> uh, this is the church's iPad. Hey, Guitar so Tab, getting- we don't want your Pro thing. I pay twenty bucks a year anyway. We I already pay for Pro. I don't need you to keep advertising it. <laughs> I, don't want I your, already give you twenty three bucks a year. You don't have to keep telling me I need to spend it again. Yeah, I don't want your songbook. Sorry. So the I majority of their uh, web traffic comes from a Twitter account called CS Lewis Quotes. I follow this Twitter account because it's cool to see CS Lewis Quotes just popping up in my timeline. We love CS. And I used to have like tweet notifications turned on so like anytime the account would tweet i'll be like oh cool Stephen. i mean as someone said Stephen furtick uh, <laughs> oh cool my cool. favorite bible teacher Stephen furtick just posted a tweet let's see what oh, this cool a c.s lewis quote. it's always been in me heck yeah let's go attack it's my day been in you um anyway c.s lewis so where the problem comes up is like every other tweet is a link to this web to it to an article on this website mm-hmm. so it, not everything on this website is bad there's actually some pretty some decent stuff uh that being said it's it's not hard in my opinion to write decent biblical blogs uh what does take effort is writing some of the, the crap that they have written so this one is is a deceased loved one trying to contact you and here are some signs given that a deceased loved one may be trying to contact you. This is on a Christian blogging website. But wait, do you remember what the Bible says about being apart from the body? To be present with Christ. Nah, if you're a Christian, that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, a little different if you don't believe. If, if, if I'm a Christian, which I am, and I die, I'm going to heaven. I don't really care that much about what's going on here because I'm going to be with God. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, but is a loved one trying to contact you? Feeling their presence is one of the key signs. Are you struggling with a decision, but then a sudden sense of peace and calm washes over you when you weigh one of your options? One sign that a deceased loved one is trying to contact you is a sudden, overwhelming feeling of their presence. It may come over you in a sense of love and peace. A loved one will make you feel a very comforting feeling. Sometimes people people feel a warm, tingling sensation throughout their body during meditation or a total sense of calm when they wake up in the morning. If this is happening to you, this may be a sign that you're in the presence of a loved one. Okay, is that the only feeling that it gives them? Is that the only thing that like, is no, kind of there, like... There's, there's more. Is there any negative feeling, though? What do you mean? Like feeling of like... Dread? Dread, anxiety, depression, fear. No. Uh, okay, okay, pause. Let's just pause there sure. for a second. What if you had a dad that beat you? Mm. And he's trying to contact you. What if you had a mom who was constantly nagging you all the time about how the way you looked? I mean, I didn't, I'm not, I didn't even think about that. What if you had a aunt that I, that was just like always on your case about everything all the time mm. what if you had an alcoholic grandfather right you know yeah and that brings me to another point have you ever heard of that book called the secret mm. well i mean maybe uh some girl wrote it and like the secret to life is honestly just positive thinking 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the shed. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like the, the secret to life. You got to think positive. You got to get positive energy into your life. Sending good vibes. Good vibes. Honestly, tell that to a child in Africa who doesn't know if he's going to eat today. Yeah. It's okay. Just, just think positive and like, you'll, you'll get some rice later. Mm. Yeah. It's, that doesn't help rough. a lot. It's rough. Anyway. Um, I, I didn't even think about the flip side of that coin, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. So some of the other signs that they give is smelling their fragrance. You know, is it possible that maybe more than one person in the world uses the same perfume as you? No. Or the same deodorant? No, everyone uses a different you know? stuff. No. That's impossible. I'm the only person in the world uses Old Spice Timber deodorant. Oh, crap. You use it too. Oh, shoot. Oh, dang. Oh, well. My, my hypothesis is flawed. So, well, well, I guess I guess old Nora Gay thinks that you're trying to contact her anytime I give her a hug. Because <laughs> you use the same deodorant. Mm. Wait, so I've already died? I'm, I'm, is this a case where I've died already? <laughs> it's gotten close a couple of times. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, she was there for all of them. Yeah. As were you. Or you were near. So, smelling the fragrance. Synchronicity. Uh, like, when you're not paying attention and a deceased loved one is trying to get their message across, they might use a little humor to help you take notice. It's called repetition or synchronicity. Uh, it's, it's stupid. Um, then, hearing their voice. All right, I have an internal monologue, and one of like as most people do, and one of the things that I would do to make reading papers, uh, like scholarly articles, more durable is I would read them in Morgan Freeman's voice. That's fun. Like it makes reading about pluripotent stem cell culture way more fun. Okay, so I I like I can read in Hoyt's voice. Yeah, you know. So if I hear Hoyt's voice. It could be literally like me just thinking about a thing that he said one day, or I could be reading anything. I can just choose to read it in Hoyt's voice. It's like, there we go. Yeah. So kind of bogus as well. Also, if I'm hearing Hoyt's voice, it might just be because Hoyt's like always in my house. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, Dream visitations. Where, where does scripture say that? Where, please point me to the place where scripture says that we as people who have died and gone to heaven have the, have the ability to influence the dreams of people that are still on earth. Like anything, anything in the ballpark. Third Psalms 15. <laughs> it's in the Apocrypha. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, second, it's in the DLC the Bible. <laughs> you, yeah. have to, you have to pay a little bit more for that one. <laughs> There's a few extra pages in the in the with the apocrypha. An eternity fee. <laughs> um, oh, this is this is my favorite one. A phone call. And I'm gonna read this one in its entirety. Another way a deceased loved one may try to reach you is by phone. You may suddenly receive a series of calls from unknown numbers, often in the immediate days following a loved one's passing. These phone calls may come through in the months, even years after their death. When years when Sorry, you, so, I'm just Aunt, thinking like Aunt Sherry that passed away seven years ago with breast cancer. Yeah, I'm gonna get a bunch of phone calls in a row, and I'm sure that she's the one that's trying to contact me right now. 
And I'm sure they'll never give Aunt Sherry's phone number to someone else. While you may not hear an audible voice, only static, they are signaling to you that they are okay. I'm going to start calling random people and just... Right now, right now, I'm thinking of the song "Everlong" by the Foo Fighters. Everlong, and and when it gets to the one part where you hear the static in the song and you hear Dave Grohl's voice very quietly in the background, that's what I'm thinking is happening. You know? Yeah. Okay, and let's just like. Well, let, 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 I, I want to hear what you have to say, but I'm just going to read the bio for uh, Leslie White, who is the author of this article. Leslie. Um, Leslie White is a graduate of Virginia Commonwealth with a bachelor's degree in mass communications and a concentration in print and online journalism. In college, she took a number of religious studies courses and harnessed her talent for storytelling. Sounds like some stories in this article, if you ask me. Um, yeah. Uh, no, like, real qualifications at all. Like, it says that her dad dad was a Lutheran pastor. Her dad was a Lutheran pastor and life coach. Like as soon as the second you call yourself a life coach, you lose all credibility with me. Oh, yeah. So, what were you gonna say? I love how every single one of them was like, "A loved one might be trying to reach you through dreams, through sense." Okay, have you ever through in feelings. your life dreamed about someone that passed away? Pause. It's like dreams, feelings, sense. What's another one like? Uh, hearing their voice. Hearing their um, voice. Yeah. Smelling their fragrance. Smelling their fragrance. Yes, yeah, sense. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. if anything weird happens to you at all out of your normal daily routine, there's a loved one trying to contact you yeah. who has died. All that. Phone call. <laughs> like all. <laughs> it literally should have just said email at that. Like. <laughs> Well, that would explain all the spam email I get <laughs> for Brad's so deals this, trying okay. to sell me stuff. Here, but here's Brad's the deal, though. Deal. This is the same issue as like astronomy. Okay, so if if you've ever worked at a newspaper, you know that the people that write the astronomy section pull that crap out of their actual butt. They make it up and make mm-hmm. it as vague as possible so that anything yeah. that they write can apply to literally anybody. Yeah, I wrote it one time, yeah. and I literally went to the bathroom that morning and like stuck my hand in my toilet. And pulled out the, the log I just dropped oh and smushed stop. it. And I was like, oh, man, stop. Sagittarius is going to feel this way this month. Oh, my gosh. Pluto is in retrograde. Yeah, because there was an S shape. It was an S-shaped turd, right? Stop. So I was like, oh, the astronomers are trying to talk to me here. The, the, Obviously, the, sag- the Sagittarius are going to have a, a poop week. A crappy week. Yeah. Crappy week, man. But, no, but I love that. It's like all according to the senses. And then it's like, they're going to add you on Instagram. Yeah. Like, well, so every single one of these has happened to everybody at some point. Yeah. I, I've, I've had a dream where my grandmother who passed away when I was 17 was in my dream. Yeah. But she was just in the background. She was when there. I was five and I would go to her nursing home, I would take her electric wheelchair for a spin around the place. Oh, sick. It was fun. Yeah, I bet. That or I would just like mess with the controls. I can't remember. I was five, so I don't remember much. Yeah, and <laughs> that's the CTE. Mm-hmm. Started at a, when I was two. Yeah, uh, so I don't then, see Uncle Bob much. Let's anymore. talk about feeling their presence for a second. 
I can't think of a situation where I am like alone in a room and all of a sudden I feel the presence of someone that's dead and that would be soothing to me. Yeah, no. Like that's some ghost whisperer kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm not now, about that. Pause. I, I do have a story. I have a great Aunt Bob. You heard that right? Aunt Bob. What was her name, Roberta? No. It was just Bob, honestly. Bob was her name. Bro. It was uh, <clears throat> Bob. Hendrix side of my family. Correct me next time I see you if you're watching this, and I know you will. Um, it was my grandmother's sister, that grandmother that died, okay. or her cousin. I can't remember. She believed in some form of like reincarnation. Oh, interesting. Very interesting for my family. So, the, anyway. the daughter of a Southern Baptist preacher. No, this is the other side. Oh, other okay, no, That's no. the Capers. That's my mom's side. I'm talking about my dad's side of the family. The side after Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. No, actually before. Well, no, Bob and Jimmy. No, Bob was older than Jimmy. Anyway, <clears throat> she always talked about reincarnation and everything. And all the women in my family, both sides of my family, love birds. Right, but Aunt Bob's. What? What, are you what is that crackling? Take your foot. It's your foot on the on oh, the, on the table. I'm sorry, I was pushing Andrew's <laughs> laundry basket against his pedal board. Anyway, anyway um, she lo- she Aunt Bob loved uh, cardinals though, like a bunch. She as in the said, bird, as in the bird. <laughs> right. That's a good cardinal, by the way. Um. <laughs> uh. And she always said, when I die, I and I'm going to be near you if you say cardinal around. That's going to be me. Hold up. It's a cardinal that hangs around our front porch. Have you ever noticed that? I've noticed it. She dies. Funeral happens. Everyone goes back to my great aunt, Virginia's house, and so that lunch that day. And as soon as they all walked in, my mom was helping my grandma. I, I'm probably butchering this story. But the way I remember it, someone told me. My mom was helping my grandmother, Mama Jean, do dishes. And, but it was like dishes from that day. Like they hadn't started eating yet. A cardinal came and sat on the window pane and did not leave until everyone left. That's kind of whack. That's kind of whack. Like, that's kind of funny. Now, I choose to believe that that's God's sense of humor, being like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but, are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. All right. I was just going to say that, that cardinals like to just sit around and do nothing. Yeah, that's also true. And it's probably just a wild thing happened, but uh, that's that's a pretty cool story. But, yeah. Well, we need to move on to another article. Oh. So, do Christians have guardian angels? Um, they say, the answer, the short answer is yes. The Bible clearly speaks in many instances about angels who guard and protect. Then they go on to list some different passages of scripture. Uh, the one that I see get thrown out a lot for this particular topic is Hebrews 1.14, which they quote, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? That, that's what Hebrews 1.14 actually says. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that context, the author of Hebrews is making his claim for why Jesus is not an angel and he's separating Jesus from the angelic brief overview of the whole book of Hebrews. Jesus is greater. Continue. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> um, so 
uh, that verse is not really in context. Uh, but like, do, do angels come and serve uh, us on earth? Yes. Can they, in a sense, guard us? Have they guarded us before? Yeah. Yes. But, but, but that same- verse doesn't say there is a specific angel right. assigned to you that never leaves you. Okay, man. See, where this gets My weird. guardian angel has been personally coming to me. <laughs> it's the bald guy in the Old Testament who is uh, being picked on by the teenagers who God sent two bears to kill. So where this that's gets my weird, guardian angel. Where this gets weird for me, the mama bear, is one. Are you saying that God is not capable of guarding you himself? And two, okay, are you capable? Of God's not. Are you saying that God's not capable of guarding guarding you himself? Two, like God needs guardian angels for uh, t- to guard you against certain things whatever it may be. And at the same time, like, are you saying that you inherently always need a guardian angel? So is God not enough for you? Mm. So if we take like the example of Romans eight twenty eight, God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. If God is working all things together at all times, then do we really need like an angel, that's not to say that God doesn't use angels. He, ob- he obviously mm-hmm. does. It's in scripture all over the place. But there's such this weird obsession almost with having this angelic figure guarding. It's like, that was just my guardian angel looking out for me today. Yeah. Like, I, I I see that a lot. Like, no, that wasn't the guardian angel. That was God. Yeah. Like, um, people would do this, and I understand it. You know, you're in an emotional state, but like, a lot of people who are close with their grandparents who are around my age when they die, mm-hmm. like they'll put something on social media, be like, my guardian angel is looking down on me today or like, and I, I, I get it. It's they're, they're not probably not thinking, okay, what does the Bible say about this all the time? No, they probably should be, but like <laughs> I, I get the sentiment, you know, mm-hmm. but when they're in heaven, they're not concerned with you. No, they're not. And there's also the lie that, like, when we die, we ascend to be angels and whatever. And, like, the book, yeah. we could do a whole episode on that. We might do that at some point. Uh, you do not ascend to be an angel. Sorry about you. Who, who called on you? Is that, is that Abba Hubbard? This is Abba Hubbard. Should we answer it? Yeah, go ahead. Let's do it. Um, so, in a sense, no. What do you uh, want? I have a question. What are you doing? I might have an answer. We are recording the Pride One podcast at the moment. Hey podcast. Hey podcast. This is Abby Hub and AKT checking in. Hey, love ya. We Hi. love you. And we have a question about One Tree Hill. Oh my gracious. Do we have time for a One Tree Hill question? Uh, this answer? has already been a long episode. I'm gonna say no. We're at sixty five minutes. Yeah. Let me call you let me call you back in like fifteen minutes. Bye. Okay. There's no way we're gonna be done in fifteen minutes, no. but uh, you know. <laughs> um So then there's another article. Eight things Christians should never say. I was. I could come up with more I'm than anything. I'm to talk about this. I think this should be another episode of the podcast. Talk about title it Christian lingo. Sure. Um, some of these are fine. Like so, some some of these are like objectively things that people Christians just shouldn't say. Um, uh, the first one: you're going to hell. In the proper context, you should like. But it's there really needs to be the differentiation between 
uh, walking up to someone and saying, hey, you're going to hell because you're not a Christian and going to be like, hey, like these are the circumstances that you're in right now. It's really hard to preach the true gospel without saying that you're going to hell. Right. Uh, without like acknowledging that if, if you die without accepting the free gift of salvation that Christ offers yeah. you, then yes, you will go to hell. It's like, How many times did Jesus walk up to people, hey, you're going to hell? Uh, struggling to remember one. Yeah. And behold, Jesus mentions hell way more than he mentions heaven, though. That's absolutely, but that's that's a great way of illustrating the point that I was getting. Now, is that there's a way to do it, mm-hmm. and I think that this is a mischaracterization. Like, are there some guys that do this? Yes, the consuming fire folks that come hang out on campus for a few hours once a semester. Is like, yeah, we've talked, we've got two episodes on them. Go listen to them. We'll wait. Welcome, Welcome back. back. So. Like there is a way to bring this to light without directly saying it. So like, should I walk up to someone and be like, "Hey, you're going to hell"? No, I shouldn't do that. No, but but you but shouldn't it, walk up to them and go, "Let me tell you about these." Oh, what happens if you know? I don't believe. Well, I can't say. Like I'm not going to sugarcoat anything, you know. Now also, Kev, should I just walk up to somebody? Hey, Jesus loves you, and then walk away. No, that's, not, that's no, not the whole story. No, no. Like, yes, does Jesus love you? Absolutely. But. There's no harm in that. But if you're using that and copying that out as an evangelism tactic, don't think this is right. Right. Um, the next one, I reject you. I'll be honest. It's probably a nicer way to phrase that. I, I, I think it depends on who you're talking to. If you're talking to a false prophet, eh, probably I'd say yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I'm placing a chasm between you and I. That's how I go about something. <laughs> yeah. The chasm has been set. I say it in a sophisticated way, and then I slap him with a white glove. <laughs> the chasm was far too wide. Uh, yeah. I'm kidding. Um, okay, here's one. It's true because the Bible says it. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, th- okay, so we are big fans of context here at the Priority One podcast. That hurts. I... I will rarely just like listen to someone. <clears throat> I'll rarely listen to a verse uh, and take this could be Matt Chandler or this could be uh Creflo dollar. Like I will rarely just listen to someone say a verse and then like 100% blindly accept what they have to say about it without reading it in context. Mm. That's just good practice for anything. Yeah. Let alone scripture. Um, that being said, God's word is inerrant, mm-hmm. and God's word is perfect. Without but, flaw, if you will. Yeah. So, now, if you're having, like, if you're having a conversation with a non-believer, and, like, I'm trying to justify my opinion for Are creation, all these things being said in relation to evangelizing to people? Not necessarily. Well, the, okay. like, things Christians should never say in Just, general. It doesn't okay. specify necessarily evangelism. Gotcha. But if I'm like trying to justify creationism as opposed to evolution, it's like if I, if I say, well, I know that creationism is the proper ideology to uh, subject myself to because the Bible says it, like that's not going to carry much weight. Mm-hmm. Like that, I believe now there is uh, plenty of evidence out there in my opinion. That's not uh, for us neither here nor there, but that's just it's just such a cop out, it's just such such a cop out to say that we shouldn't say that it's true because the Bible says it. Yeah. When in reality, 
that's just the nature of a lot of things. Yeah. Um, like if we're talking about God's character, how do I know that God's character is actually like this? Because the Bible says it. How do I know that God will never leave me or forsake me? Because the Bible says it. How do I know that God loves us in spite of our sinful nature? Because the Bible says it. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like that. Um, the perfection of God's character in the Bible and everything the Bible has been through, you know, and that, that's like still the point that's being held up throughout all scripture and God's glory is still up uphold throughout all of scripture nothing is amazing nothing shy of miraculous that's amazing 40 authors over 1500 years wild yeah All right, here's a good one everything happens for a reason that's not that's a pretty comforting thing yeah like I I, I don't mean to like great, if that's all you know that's gonna lead to so many different like if you're not sure. a Christian sure that's gonna lead to so many different things but the the context needs to be given. It's like God works all things together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Romans eight twenty eight. Like context needs to be given for all of these. Yes, but like this is just such cop outs for a lot of things. Hmm. Um, uh, another one added to that. Uh, Philippians one six, where He began a good work and you will see to completion. Exactly. Uh, okay, this is like okay. One. Here's the case. This is this is an objectively bad one. You just need more faith. Who? Yeah, that's a bad one to say. That's a bad one. That's a bad one to say. Yeah, don't, uh, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that one. Yeah. That's a great one. Then, okay, more. more. I heard Benny Hinn say that to someone one time. Here's another. God will never give you more than you can handle. Yeah, you, that's a good one. That's a good one. Don't say that because that's not true. Um, Absolutely. Do we have an episode on that one? Yeah. We've, yeah. we've talked about that before yeah. Yeah. in a segment. Uh, then God works in mysterious ways. What's wrong with saying that? There are plenty, like plenty of scriptures that reference the mysteries of God. Um, heck, even things that Paul wrote, like Peter talks about, uh, saying that some of Paul's writings are hard to understand. Yeah, you know? I guess the person who wrote this completely and fully understands God's character and everything He ever plans to do. Yeah, and they find them. They're just, live with them. they're just that much better than. Yeah, this. I need to go share a pop tart with this person so I can be let in on these mysteries. Yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> and then this is the last article we'll talk about five ways the Holy Spirit tries to get your attention. Here we go. Dreams. Can can this happen? Yes. 100%. Uh, yeah, but it how, does. Mm-hmm. Andrew? But how do I know if it's the Holy Spirit or a dead relative? Mm. Like there's conflict in my that's, mind now. That's like, tough. That's tough. Hmm. Stuff, uh, yeah. <sighs> then re- repeated symbols. Uh, okay, so symbology is one of those things that we almost idolize. I feel like I think that's a very satanic thing today. Sure, yeah. You see, like all the nine 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 stuff. Like we we I have not seen any of that. No, oh, okay. Um, it's a very popular thing. Like people we can talk about it after the podcast. But it's, it's kind of going along with. Oh, okay, never mind. Go for it. Like it's it's exactly that. Like it's people will see repeated numbers, specifically like in time or like on license plates or uh, or street the answer to my engineering problem where it's two three two three repeating. Yeah. Well, but it's like the specific number back to back, like oh. in a row, and people use that as like 
they're it's like a sign to them that like it's a very spiritual mystical thing it's kind of like the crystal it's new age stuff it's like the, it yeah it's like the crystal stuff and like yeah. astrology um messages from others yeah sure Bridget gives a good message yeah okay yeah Maybe. um holy spirit can break your heart with that gut feelings this is some weirdness because if I have like this really weird, I'm gonna say yes in and no. my gut. Then maybe sometimes it's one of those things. It's like okay, this could be true for everybody, even when it may have been the Taco Bell burrito you had earlier that day. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because you, you, you can you can it's you like know, feel weird that, about something. Like the you know, Holy Spirit can make you, you know feel uneasy or different about something, but then could be that taco bell or you well, know it could be your heart which is the root of all evil also trying to make you exactly. feel stuff. yeah there's the thing that the speaker says at camp every week is like yeah you may feel like you're in love with this girl that you met two days ago but it also might be the camp food yeah i, I think that yeah what you had no i'm just raising my hand because that happened to me several times <laughs> I've, I've talked about this before in here but i'm gonna talk about it before before we end here a young 12-year-old Hoyt. I've heard this story. I thought you were 13. Fresh now. This is a summer going into my seventh grade year. Okay. Spry young lad. Fresh out of his bowl cut phase. <laughs> and just had a, a mop on his head, right? And was sitting at Passion Youth Camp. Louie was speaking... Chris Tomlin, Christian Stanfield were leading worship. Mm. God's great dance floor was bumping every God's night. God's great dance floor. I feel alive. I come alive. You know the song. My calves grew three times in size from jumping up and down to that song mm. so much. I've never jumped to a song more. I go on with the story. A 14 or 15 year old blonde lass mm. I spot out of the corner of my eye approaches me. And I'm like, this is it. This is wife. <laughs> this is about to happen. This is about to happen for. This is predestined for, for twelve year old. It it was for sure. That's <laughs> what Romans twenty nine and eight twenty nine and thirty yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> Friday, the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to give you a blind teenage girl to marry one day. Jeremiah twenty nine, hundred and two. Um. She comes and sits down right beside me. And just puts her arm around me and lays her head on my shoulder. And I'm like, this is happening way too fast. I don't know your name. Her friend comes up, takes a picture. That picture is out there somewhere. I know it is. I, I have a gut feeling about it. The Spirit's telling me that picture is out there somewhere. And I think about that girl once And this time. wasn't the donut that this diabetic ate right before recording this podcast. No. Mm. And I was diabetic at this point. The pancreas had stopped. The pancreas had stopped. The pancreas had left the building at this point yeah. in his life. But I think about her once a month. Continue. Yeah. So they go on to say, like as far as gut feelings go, you have almost certainly been told in the past that you need to trust your gut feeling or pay attention to your instincts when you're trying to make a decision. This is excellent advice. <laughs> That's like someone saying, follow your heart. It will never lead you astray. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I am um, a fan of the show One Tree Hill. 
As we established with Abby Hubbard's comment. As, as we have established. Firmly aware of the One Tree Hill Canon. Firmly aware of the One Tree Hill Canon. And that quote is said, what does your heart tell you? What's your gut say? That's said at least five times a season. Anyway. Yeah. Um, that's all I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I'm tired of talking about this website. Uh sites like this frustrate me mm-hmm. because it doesn't seem to be rooted in scripture right full of shoddy theology and you take a and some pretty bad advice some terrible advice you take a twitter account like c.s lewis quotes and every other every third tweet is a link to one of these kinds of blogs. Mm-hmm. Like I said, some of them are good. Uh, they have different authors, and like I'm, I'm sure you could follow the trend of certain of particular writers do particularly good jobs as compared to other writers. Yeah. But like in in a, in a place in a, in, a, in a point in time when so many people are uh, growing in their knowledge of Christianity because of social media like exposure to christianity is at an all-time high uh there's also exposure to bad stuff out there so in the past uh if a new book came out or whatever there's another some speaker wanted to come speak you'd have to get like get vetted by your preacher yeah that's not the case anymore and so many people are learning about what they think is christianity because of websites like this that are I don't want to even say maliciously, but like just wrong about so much stuff. They're not like, they're just kind of haphazardly throwing something out there. It feels like if you know? what I just read, the, the four blogs that I just skimmed through were all that you saw about Christianity. If you, if you're, if you're a non-believer, uh, say you're from Europe and you just moved to America, like Christianity is, pretty much died off in Europe. It's post-Christian at this point. America's on its way. But come to America, and all of a sudden you start getting flooded with a lot of Christian influencer stuff, and then this kind of stuff pops up in your time feed. Time feed? Is time feed? That time feed's not the right thing. What, what, what is it? What am I looking for here? Just your feed. Your feed? Yeah, you're just your feed. <laughs> and your home like, feed. That's all of your exposure to Christianity, you're going to learn that, oh, I can talk to my dead relatives? Sick. Let's go. Yeah. I can, like, I, I need to trust my gut when stuff comes up. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, sick. Let's go. That's not a good, that's not anywhere, I have a guardian angel? Sick. Let's go. That's all that I know about Christianity. And no one needs to tell me that I'm going to hell. Don't you dare tell me that I'm going to hell. <sighs> It's a it's a false image of Christ and His Word, and it does a terrible job of illustrating what uh, it does a terrible job of illustrating what a, a site like this could be used for. Mm-hmm. Like there are great Christian blog sites out there, but this ca- so there's the the scripture that's used to and what what sucks is the most i'm sorry i have to say this though is that so many people all around the world know that they can trust c.s lewis regarding a lot of theology stuff do i disagree Mm -hmm. with c.s lewis on things yeah sure i disagree with almost everybody on on something though like that's (laughs) he's not special Uh, i absolutely love c.s lewis and 
you take a, a Twitter page like that, where it's primarily C.S. Lewis quotes, and then all of a sudden you're promoting this as if it's something that C.S. Lewis would endorse. So even if you don't know who C.S. Lewis is, you know that he was a Christian theologian and that what he says is probably pretty orthodox Christianity. So you would take this at face value to be orthodox Christianity. Yeah. So uh, the scripture where it says, like, uh, don't tattoo yourselves or mark yourselves for the dead, I feel like is the heart behind that. Like, don't try to reconnect with the dead. You know, I think that's kind of what Jesus was talking about when he says, like, let the dead bury their own dead. Mm-hmm. Come follow me. You know, he, he's dead. Like, he's not going to bring you any good, necessarily. Well, there's a whole other deal with that. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, there's I'm, a whole yeah. not we're, But we're you, you understand what I'm getting at. Yeah. Right. So, I don't know. It just seems like sage wisdom, worldly wisdom, to try to help people feel more comfortable. And it takes away from the, takes away attention from what scripture actually says. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's damaging for sure to for sure. Um, take something like that and promote it as being uh, spiritual advice that you can live by. When in reality, a lot of it is just straight up new age theology. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. Now, speaking of kind of new age stuff, we're going to hit on this. Uh, I know we've been going for a while, but we've done long podcasts before. If you don't want to listen, you don't have to listen. You can cut off right now. Yeah. Do it with your bad self. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. So we still get the view. Yeehaw. So I was thinking about this. The view as in like when you watch something, it counts as a number, not the view with all the old angry women talking about things. <laughs> so I was. I, I want to go on there one day. I heard the question. I heard this question before. But the the que- it for some reason like it just kind of struck a nerve with me this time when I heard it. It was like I probably saw it on Twitter or something. But it was something along the lines of why would God send someone to hell like j- even like just because they never got the chance to hear about Jesus and accept his message. Mm-hmm. When you frame the question that way, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like a pretty bad deal. It sounds like a really good case for universalism if like you say that god is love and god loves everybody yeah and that god sent his son so that anybody could be saved yeah um and then you say then you frame that question that way it's like well why would god send someone to hell just because they never got the chance to hear about jesus okay we can take a step back what sends someone to hell hoyt sin sin um can you off the top of your head quote Romans 120 um no but it's it's talking about like creation uh makes makes it known that there's a god and creation like pretty much screams the glory right. of god uh, I'm just gonna I can't think read, of it I, can't, I can't quote it either so I was yeah. just asking if you could uh but Romans 120 says for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine yeah. nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. In the things that have been made, uh, ever since creation of the world, and the things that are, that have been made, so they're without excuse. Um. So, and even past are, that, it says like, um, 
for all that they they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Right. So we see right away that no man is without excuse regarding God's nature. Yeah. Now, can you quote Romans three twenty three for me? Uh, for the wages of sin is death. And wait, no, that's six twenty three. That's all of sin and fall short of the glory of there God. There you go. So, I, yeah. I get um, those two backwards. So, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Now, Christ died for us so that we could have the opportunity to accept the free gift of salvation that God freely offers to us. God does not send anybody to hell because... God does not send anybody to hell because he never got... The chance to hear about Christ. God sends people to hell because they're sinners. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. I hate that uh, people die all across the world <clears throat> without, because it, it happens, without someone clearly conveying God's word to them. I hate that it happens. But Christians need to do better about that. Like there, there has never been um, a surplus of missionaries before in the history of Christi- history of Christendom. There's never been a surplus mm-hmm. of missionaries. And if you hate it too, do something about it. Yeah. Like the the world, I think by and large is right when it says that the church, if they have this great awesome message, needs to do more. Um, and I can say that with a pretty clear conscience. I've done I've done missions. Uh, I, I spent the summer in Salt Lake City and the least christian city in the country it was rough it sucked mm-hmm. uh like I, I if god calls me to do missions overseas or anywhere like i'll i'll go but like we need to do better but that's that's not really the point that i meant i didn't mean to go down that rabbit trail. i didn't mean to chase that but it's just a logical fallacy um where we're allowing the world to frame a question in a way that kind of backs us into a corner mm-hmm. of compromising in a way that we don't need to it's like we're that, that baits us into either compromising for universalism that says that everybody will uh, go to heaven or it baits us into uh, more of an agnostic corners. Like, okay, maybe this isn't all actually true. I think the reality though is, is the Christian should, combat that with another question back to them well why should god save anybody that's a very valid question god is not obligated to save anybody no like and, and who are we to say to god like like we well, were why, talking about why can't you save this person like who are we to say to him like why can't you save anybody when the reality is the scandal is within us like why should he save any of us right it, like we talked know. about this in episode three is self-love biblical we'll let you go listen to it welcome, welcome back, back. I, I raised the point does god love you because you're valuable or are you valuable because god loves you it's the latter of the two mm-hmm. like the only value that i have as a person comes from christ comes from 
<coughs> you are loved by God, therefore you are valuable. Right. It comes not because of anything inherently valuable in me, but because of what Christ has done for me. Like right. that's how I determine. That's how I. That's how my value is determined. Mm-hmm. Not because of uh, who I am in particular. Um, like there's no difference between me and literally anybody else in the world. Like Romans five eight applies to all of us. God shows His love for us in this way, and that yet we were so, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Doesn't just apply to me. I'm not special. Um, in that sense, that's a good point. Yeah, really good point. Yep. God, God's not obligated to save anybody. Now it is God's desire that no man should perish, 100%. but men are going to perish. Yeah, men are going to uh, reject the saving grace of God. And like we went going back to Romans one twenty. We are without excuse. Totally. Um, so I think that all of that kind of falls back to a misinterpretation of we're really trying to, <coughs> excuse me, really trying to set the foundation on sand instead of rock as to the nature of God. Mm-hmm. Because if you set your foundation on shifting sand, then the foundation can be torn asunder. So 100% it can. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Priority One Podcast again. A long one. Long one. What are we at? I hope you stuck around. 90 minutes. Yeah. Oh, that's not the longest. Close to, but not. Thanks for sticking around if you stuck around. A um, little bit of a long episode. So to recap, don't listen to Stephen Furtick much. Furtick, bad. Block sites, probably bad. C.S. Lewis, pretty good. C.S. Lewis, pretty good. Uh, but overall, go to the word of God first. That's the theme for all of these. Literally. The word of God is way more sufficient than anything we've said, anything that any of these blogs say, anything that Stephen Frederick will ever say. <laughs> um, go to that first. That is our message we leave for you today. That is the P1P top tip of the day. <laughs> New segment. <laughs> top tip. And that's so Andrew's now, at the end of the Yeah, episode. Andrew. So we got Hoyt's Heresy. Now, Andrew, you got to have a top tip for every. Andrew's top tip. week. ATT. Read your Bible. <laughs> this week's top tip. Read your Bible. And read your Bible. Uh, as always, I'm Hoyt. I'm Caleb. I'm Andrew. We love you. Tune in next week. See you then. Yeah.